podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Face Off. In this game we're going to be covering the one all draw with West Ham at the London Stadium. Um, bit of a crap game, but we'll get through that. Uh, but I just got the Liverpool cast on me. I did ask a West Ham fan on, but a uh, bit busy. Uh, obviously the Monday night game affect the weekly schedule, but I'll introduce my guest. Got hefty horse with me, Simon. How are you doing, Simon? I'm not bad at all. I'm okay. Hanging in there. Good man. After that, yeah. Did his homework for this game because he didn't get to watch it live. I put him yeah. through. Th- I put him through the game even though I knew the result. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we have a freshly woken up Jay Reed off a night shift. How are you doing, Jay? Alive, not very kicking, but I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think do. that 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 game may have had an effect on my week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, me as well, me as well, it was not the best way to start off a week, but um, I mean, we start every show like this, I mean, we got to go into the starting 11 and stuff, and, and Simon, obviously you didn't watch it live, but I'm sure you no. saw the starting 11, maybe you saw it not live, like with uh, when it actually came out, but I mean, were you, were you surprised everyone with the starting 11? I was, I was, um, I was kind of in the middle of, I was in the middle of band practice, and I just had a little look at my Honest, I was like, oh god, Adam Lallana, and I just like, I just couldn't believe that he was actually playing. But then I kind of found out about the last minute injuries to Wijnaldum and Henderson. So I mean, wasn't really anyone else to play, which is obviously a bit of a problem. But I mean, apart from that, I thought it was probably the best team that we that we could realistically have have played without throwing a risk like one of the youngsters in, which I would have liked to see, but I can completely understand why it didn't happen. Um, but it was a fairly attacking lineup as well, which was good. On paper, we should have won, I think, but um, yeah, Adam Lallana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just weird to see him actually like start a match, isn't it? I mean, I don't really know what he's done to earn that start, but it must just be that there was no one, like no mm. one else who could play. I think the fact Shakiri's been so bad recently probably yeah. boosted Lalana up more than Lalana playing around. Obviously, he'll probably try out and trade it, but sometimes you got to think about what he'd actually do on the pitch. And Jay, I mean, just to let the listener know, he did warn me about his uh, his views on Lalana possibly hijacking the show. Um, <sighs> Maybe working with you know, the actual section you could go off on him, but the, the general starting 11 G. I mean, we had Lalana, surprisingly, Milner went back in at right back. And, um, as Simon mentioned, we had Henderson and, and Ginny out with a knee in, I think Ginny had a knee injury, I'm not sure what Henderson had, but a bit of a lack of options there, isn't there? Yeah, we're looking pretty thin on the ground. I mean, I didn't obviously know of the injuries like most people until. It was broadcast why Lalana was there, but um, Klopp said he made three 
changes to the starting lineup. Now Henderson and Wijnaldum is two. So there was obviously something else that he's he's juggled around for that reason. Now would that have been the fact he was planning on starting Milner in the midfield and Henderson at right back and maybe going with a different midfield setup into a two to a three? Um would maybe Keita pushed on or something else. I don't know, but it was a shock obviously to see said Lorana featured in this uh, starting eleven at least. But yeah, it was other than that it was it was what we can what we can realistically put out at the moment. We can't ask for much more. We've got bare bones in certain positions and we're juggling a lot of well, yeah, juggling a lot of players around in the squad. So the only the only gripe I do have is got the Paul Abrafa Camacho on the bench and mm. he's not a, he's he's down as a right back or we all know he can play right wing or right forward but he is naturally played in the right back position and if there was any opportunity to give him some game time it was over the last two games and I think it's shown our vulnerability in putting Milner and Henderson right back in the lack of mobility within the legs and the hips to actually turn with wingers and Teams are spot on that weak spot. They tend to target with Trent anyway, because he's only a young lad, but Trent deals with them pretty well. But I think there was an opportunity there to, to feature with Camacho, even as a substitute and give him 20 minutes of, if he sinks or swims, you don't know until you float the lad in. Giving him five minutes against, I think it was Crystal Palace the previous couple of weeks, doesn't really prove anything. Give him 20 minutes and find out if we've actually got an option there instead of bringing them all the way down to London and saying sit on the, the cold bench for two hours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is weird, the Camacho situation, but as you said, him not playing um, in the last two. I mean, Leicester was probably the one game you could think they don't have one of the better left-wingers outside of the top six, I mean, even, even the Premier League, but he didn't obviously start against Zaha. Um, against Palace, but he did come on and do all right in that five minutes. As he said, Leicester only have Damari Gray, who is a bit well patchy at best. But Philippe Anderson. But speaking of speaking of Philippe Anderson and, and, and obviously West Ham, I mean, Jay, did you did you look at West Ham and think Philippe Anderson is their one one key danger man? Because obviously Arnautovic was out. I'm sure they had a couple of other injuries as well, but Arnautovic is the one that jumps off the page. Yeah, um, I said in the preview pod with Harry last week. Um... He's the, he was the guy who stood out on the first day of the season when we played them and they were all over the place then. Literally, they didn't have a clue what they were doing across the whole team. There was holes and team, Jack, holes in the Jack Wilshire effect. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it was Jack Wilshire was pulling Mark Noble left, right and centre and he didn't know where to look or where to go. But obviously, over the past few months, Pellegrini's got into them and settled them down. But he is the danger man and I actually thought he, at times on Monday, he was out the game, but then when he seemed to get the ball, he seemed to have a, a vortex of space that he could just run around and do whatever he wanted. But other than that, I thought the, they could have used him a lot more than what they did, given the fact of obviously we were, we were vulnerable in the fullback position because Robbo didn't have a, a sterling game at, by any means. So he, he's the danger man for them. And I think. They've got other players who, who had really good games as well, didn't they? But we, we, we dealt with them at times well, but then when he did get the ball, he was just always in space. And I guess that's the, the downside to not having a recognised fullback in them positions. 
Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. I mean, Felipe Anderson having a couple of podcasts, that's better, especially the scouted lads, have said he could probably do a job at Liverpool. And the more I see them, the more I agree with it, really. Um, and I, I do agree that they didn't really use him as directly, especially against Milner, as they should. Uh, I mean, I thought he was good in flashes, but they seem to use him central, then just drifting out wide. It, it, it just didn't seem like they looked at our weaknesses too well, but I think we they they let Milner off slightly. I don't think, when Milner had to defend, I don't think he was particularly good, but he wasn't tested too much, which was a bit of a surprise. But um, Simon, another player that jumped out for me, not on paper, but when he actually played, and, and, and when I've ever watched West Ham this season, you're probably slightly more familiar with him and may, maybe naturally look at him as a, well, potential fellow Irishman with all the crap going on who he mm-hmm. will play for. It is Declan Rice. I'm not, I think he's 20 or 21, but I mean, yeah. he played, he played so well. And whenever I've seen West Ham, he looks like a player who, not to be dis, well, there's no West Ham fan here, so it doesn't matter, but not, not to be disrespectful, <laughs> but, um, he looks like someone who could break the boundary of West Ham pretty quickly. Definitely. Yeah. I like him a lot and I hope he's going to declare for Ireland. I think he's, um, he's played a few, under 19s matches and but he hasn't actually made it an official pick yet but uh we'll see but um yeah i like him a lot he made a lot of he made a lot of tackles on monday i think he had the most actually i think he had around eight or something um he really just blocked off that midfield and found it very very hard to play any balls through them and he was he covered very well um and i definitely think he i can see him being targeted by pretty much most of the t- top four or five teams in England and the fact that he's a the fact that he's English is you know it, I think he's gonna I think they'll get a lot of money for him <clears throat> um and I would love Liverpool to actually make a bid for him I think he could be a pretty good player he can play as a defense midfielder and he can also play as a as a defender too um and yeah, I thought he was one of their, I thought along with Anderson, they were definitely the two best players for West Ham and maybe even the two best players, um, overall on Monday, I think. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't many bright sparks. To be fair, yeah. yeah. There wasn't many bright sparks for us, was no. there? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Marnie, but outside of that, wasn't too many. Um, oh, God, I mean, we got up, I mean, the first half wasn't all that exciting till the goal. I mean, there was a couple of chances. I think Chikorito had a chance. Uh, I don't know why I called him Chikorito. I hate that. Hernandez had a chance. <laughs> um, and um, I think Allison saves it well. I think Firmino does like his only thing of the game and has a shot. But I mean, Jay, our, our goal, I mean, obviously Lalana plays a part in it. The referee is abysmal. <laughs> we, we know this. Um, Milner is a mile offside. Milner, good cross, and Mane, good touch and turn. But I mean, it just summarised the game for me. It was a bit of a scruffy game, as as was the goal, and it was all the the finish was smooth and the turn was smooth. But I mean, <laughs> the referee decision was just completely horrendous. Yeah, he used two words there: smooth and scruffy. Now, are they not to describe either or of the linesman's hairdo? I don't know oh, if you've God, seen yes. it, but he was, he was rocking some bad haircut that day. Whether yeah. it was his first appearance on TV and he wants to be noticed, but boy, he was noticed for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and 
I bit I had the curse of the, being on Twitter while watching the game, and I think literally two minutes before that goal, I wrote a tweet along the lines of, "What the hell is Ladon Lallana? He looks knackered. He shouldn't even be on the pitch. Why is he even getting a game?" Something along those lines. And two minutes later, he does some weird thing with his feet and deceives two players and gets the ball to Milner, who's miles offside. And how the officials missed that was, it's baffling. And if anything, it's an embarrassment to the league that our league is shown across the world. Um, we run a brand of the best league in the world, as we put it. But our officials are literally Sunday league standard. You've seen closer decisions being given and gone the wrong way. And that one that one was blatantly obvious. The linesman was five yards ahead of play, whether he was looking at Lalana's feet or not. It doesn't take that long to sort of have a split second look from where the ball leaves Lalana's feet to where Milner is and clearly seeing that there was a gap. Um but you know, you, you play to the whistle as you're told and as as kids, um and it was a good good turn and finish by Mane. I think I mean amongst all the disharmony and hysteria at the moment, Mane is the one who seems to be stepping up and putting a bit more of the old Mane in and I said again last week on, on the preview pod that it looks like he's he's back from his mid season break that he often goes mm. on for, for three months in the season and he scored the, the opening goal in the last three games and I think it's it's gone unnoticed. Um, Sarah's obviously not scored for the last two but we sort of don't make an issue out of that at the moment because everyone's making an issue out of him going to ground so he's, he's, he's trudging along nicely and he's keeping us going and I think it's underrated how much his goals have been vital to us in the last few weeks because nobody else in the front line has actually looked like scoring really Yeah absolutely, I mean Simon I'll bring you in there so I have a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit on Firmino noted in the agenda later on, but is, we'll get into that deeper. But I mean, is it is it a concern that the front three? Well, this is how I word it in the agendas: they take turns being shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ma, as Jay said, Mane has just only just come off his his winter break or, or, or yeah, late yeah. year break. I mean. <laughs> Because, I mean, it was, I think, three three or four weeks ago, or three or four games ago, we were talking about Mane being almost taken out the starting line-up, starting line-up for somebody. We just didn't have the options to do so. But now now you look at Bobby Firmino, and probably a less extent, Mo Salah. I know Mo's, obviously, our most, important, most threatening player and stuff like that. And obviously, he's going to be our top goal scorer by a mile again. I mean, these last couple of these last couple of appearances, especially by Firmino, you just look at him and just go, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a worry, and it's something we saw kind of earlier on, and as well where he was kind of had a fairly bad run of form. And I think the problem is Sturridge just isn't getting in, no matter how badly he plays. So there's no, I mean. I'm sure he doesn't think this way, but I mean, there must be some part of Bobby that thinks no matter how bad I play, it's not going to really affect my spot. But if he actually had, if Sturridge went in, say, next week against Bournemouth, that might be the thing that would make Bobby just make sure that the next time he's on the pitch, he's going to, you know, hold his spot. So there's not a lot of 
competition for the front three as a whole, um, which is something that we've all obviously spoken about. We all think that we need an, um, another option in the front three. Shaq was looking like that person, but he's really he's completely off form at the moment, and um, he seems to work a little bit better in the midfield three a little or the midfield four when we play um four two three one as well so it's yeah he's off form but also he has no reason to play himself into form if you know what i mean by that Mm. so that's a bit of a problem um and i actually thought that that the shot that bobby had i think it was about 20 minutes in where he 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 just kind of ran through it in the box and he just taps the ball he he just does a a weird little like half-ass thing and i have no idea i mean i i i i i i actually think he that he could have done a lot better with that and apart from that he was fairly uninvolved in the rest of the match um but he's very important to the way that we play but at the same time he's um he just didn't have much of a impact either in attack or in winning the ball back which is what we've Love from him in the past. Yeah, you made you made a great point there that he, that his spot is never under threat. I mean, you mentioned, um, I think it was poor Spurs. Obviously, when he got when someone went knuckle deep in his on his bloody eye, <laughs> he seemed to, he seemed to struggle after that. I mean, probably for a few weeks, if not months. Um, and we back then we had seemingly a motivated and informed Sturridge, but he he still wasn't getting a look in. And as you mentioned, um. Now all the backup options have gone gone off the boil. I mean, Jay, I'll come to you on this. I mean, I'm not going to say drop Firmino for Sturridge now, but I mean, has it been a mistake to not use the backup options when they were? Motland is more of it the right word, but probably firing a bit more. I mean, Sturridge is one to look at, but obviously Origi came in for a couple of games, did all right. Not not probably not the Liverpool level, the level we expect, but I mean, Sturridge especially. He he at the start of the season he was such a good option, but now. He's not. He's behind Origi. Looking at it, yeah. I, I think Sturridge has done something. It must be on the training field to really upset Klopp because it it seemed like he 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 doesn't want to use him, and he was very reluctantly put him on. I think it was against Leicester, um, and he only got ten twelve minutes. But if there was a game crying out for someone clever around the box. You could just take one, two touches and finish. It was Sturridge on where on Monday night, and we all know realistically he's off in the summer. He's not going to get another contract. Um, I don't think he probably wants another contract. Liverpool. He, he's put on a brave face. I think at the start of the season he he gave the impression that he was not he was knuckling down. He was going to give it a go, and we did see effort from him. But whether it's as it's just his body language or something's gone on off the field. He doesn't seem to want to even try when he comes on the pitch anymore. And you, you can't really blame the lad because he's overlooked quite a lot. So it must be disheartening and he must feel like he is on the outside looking in, especially when you get Monday nights as a classic example that we had another sub that we could have used and mm. he didn't use him. So he must feel really disheartened and I think... He knows himself that if he, if he was to come in on Saturday and get the start, he, he's only got 60, 65 minutes max. Even if he scored a hat-trick, he's still getting bowled. So it, it must be tough for them. Um, 
and on Origi, I mean, I mean, we we'll probably get to it later on in the pod, but he—he's an enigma as well. But he seems to do something a bit more than what I've seen in the last few games from him. He seems to have that little, little bit of a spark that he might just do something, and I—I I don't think he's worth a start. But you can see maybe why he is getting the first look between him and Sturridge off the bench that if he's doing that in training and he has put the effort in I mean Klopp always says he he goes on what you see on the training pitch that's why he rewards players with starts and maybe it's coming down to literally what's going on at Melwood is Origi's putting 5-10% more in than Daniel Sturridge and that, that's all I, I can think of good people with with Firmino it's, 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 it's a real strange one he's he's not himself and We've discussed this many times because he's changed position, but there really is something going on. He seems to get lost in games and just disappears into the midfield. And at times you see him collecting the ball from the likes of Van Dijk or Robertson. Well, why are you there? I know you're trying to drop deep and influence the game, but you're you're literally drowning in the in the defence. I, I I don't know what's going on, but Klopp needs to really get a grip of some of them and shake them up and whatever went on in Dubai he needs to slap it out of them really yeah yeah I mean we'll talk a bit later how it affected Salah just just affecting up the pod but um, yeah we'll we'll move on from Firmino I mean he, he undisputedly had one of the probably if not one of probably the worst game I've seen from him in a Liverpool shirt but um, um, Simon I'll come to you first before I let Jay go loose on the Lana <clears throat> um Oh, God, how do I word this? <laughs> um, he's obviously involved with the goal. I know. I mean, I think on Raw they made the argument, um, well, it, if it was called offside, we'd all be criticising Lallana for holding up for it too long and playing the pass to it, which is probably, it's right, but you can't feel like a bit harsh as a fan to say it. Yeah, that might but, be it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you get what I'm saying. But, I mean, he just seemed... Like like a player trying too hard to to get that little sparkle of form he had so many years ago, or a few years ago now. But he just looked like a player who is broken, but doesn't know he's broken, if you get what I mean. Like, some people say he played well. I don't think he was the worst player on the pitch. But you could just see there was... There's just stuff missing there that made him at least an acceptable Liverpool player. I, you just, I just didn't see that anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... He wasn't that bad, but I mean, he did well for the goal, and it was definitely his fancy leg work that uh, that drew the eye of the linesman away from Miller being outside. <laughs> Intentional, that was the plan. But um, I mean, he did well for that. He did something like that then again, um, sometime in the first half, kind of on the edge of the West Ham box. He kind of he did a, a, a he did a turn. Which is uh, obviously his um, his favorite thing ever, and then he just kind of bottled it, and he instead of making the pass, he just he went for he went for shotting the ball, just kind of like rolled off his foot, and I I I don't know what I think. I mean, it's he's just not who he was, and even at his peak, we had what like five six months where he played really well, and he, even then he wasn't like. Amazing. I mean, I just mm. think that everyone seems to look back on him as being like the best player in the world for that, at that 
time, but I just think as a team, we played really, really well, and he was just there, and he did well. He scored a bit. He got a few, he got a few goals, and and he played, you know, but he wasn't like amazing. And we, everyone just thinks that that's who he will be, but that he 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 just needs like a month, or he needs, to, um, you know, and he's not. That's not. He's just who he is now. He's okay off the bench every once in a while, but I don't think he's even... I just don't think he should be at the team anymore. I don't know what he really adds. Um, he doesn't do enough when he's on the pitch, and as you say, he just seems to try so hard, and it's it's kind of a little bit depressing watching him because you're just like, ah, oh. like he's. Tr- you can tell that he's trying, but he doesn't realise that what he's that he's kind of fairly fairly crap that sounds really really harsh i know but i mean that's a, that's pretty harsh and jesus i may be just a little bit pissed off with the, with the result and that's gone but it's just so frustrating when we could be playing youth instead or i know i know that's that is actually pretty mm. worse than what jay is gonna say sorry jay i saw your thunder but um it's just frustrating that he's being picked and also it's frustrating that a lot of our fans seem to approve of that and build them up in their head as being the person who's going to come back to form and win us the league you know like I just don't mm. think it's a realistic way to think about him yeah oh, I, saw, I saw a couple of journals saying that that performance yeah, showed that exactly. he can be part of the part of a title winning seat and you're like did he really do that much in a game that we needed someone to step up, like I'm, I've never been Lalana's biggest fan. Anyone who's listened to me on AI, obviously this is the first year I've hosted Face Off. But anyone listened to me on previous shows over the years, and I've, no, I was never his biggest fan. But he had re- he, when he was on his top peak, he had good movement. But he he wasn't like he wasn't the one who linked the front three. He got on the end of stuff rather than linking, and. I think our teams just develop beyond him. We need so we need more of a link now because, as we saw against West Ham, and Jay, I'm, I'm just saying this to let you. Then you can just go off on one, and I'll go make a drink or something. <laughs> but it, it just, we our midfield there now is it needs to link. Obviously, we can't. Everyone just marks Salah now, and as we said, Firmino was abysmal. We need someone in midfield who can step up a bit, and obviously we've seen Fabinho do that in bit, in patches. Ginny's not that sort of type of player, but I mean, he he can keep the ball brilliantly and keep it simple and stuff. But uh, obviously, we'll talk about Cater in great detail in a little bit as well. But he just doesn't. He just seems to be the wrong type of player to the midfield we have now, and. Um, it's just a shame we have some lack of options. Obviously, Fakir didn't go through in the summer and stuff like that. But it, it's a position that we think I think we need to address in the next transfer window. But Jay, go on then. Just just go. He's fucking shit, isn't he? <laughs> but let's not beat around the bush. He is shit. I mean, I knew when to stop playing football, and it was a few years ago because my legs just couldn't do it. This lad just hasn't got a clue what to do with. Whether he's got nudes on clock, whether he's he's got something going with his missus, I don't know. But he he clearly has something that gives him a place in the team that he really doesn't want. I mean, he can do more crew turns than Johan Cruyff can do in his bloody grave. That he would be back up and running around the pitch at Barcelona if he could. But the, this lad, I, I don't get him. He's he's just not good enough for us. He's um. 
stick to Instagram. Stick to modeling puma boots and shit haircuts and shit clothes that you do, but you're not good enough for our team. He comes in and we might as well start the game with 10 men because I think it was 12 minutes in, he fell over the ball twice. He got the ball, the edge of our box off Van Dyke or Martip, and he fell over the ball. And I'm like, have you got lead boots or work boots on or something that you've, you just can't control it and the ball runs six yards away from you? And you'd understand if you were, 96 minutes, you'd had the game of your life, you were up and down the pitch. Remember Carragher in Istanbul when he could barely stand up mm. and he was hoofing the ball everywhere. This is 12 minutes into a game and you're falling over the ball. I mean, come on, get up, get up and just get off the pitch. Like, I know Klopp is loyal to players, but there's, there's loyal and there's, there's blatant teacher's pet. I mean, I think it was mentioned on a previous pod, maybe by Dave on the Raw pod that when they do teammates on Soccer, Soccer AM and BBC Footy Focus, and they go, who's the best dribbler? Who's the best, uh, music player? Who's, who's, who's the best dress and stuff like, who's the teacher's pet? It's him. I mean, he must literally sit outside and go, come on, Jürgen, jump in the car. We'll go for a drive through and grab you the Starbucks like Diane and Modo, but, He's not good enough for our team. He's never been good enough for the past two and a half years. He's consistently getting injured. He's not offered anything since 2016 when he had two good months. Um, there's, there's one goal involvement since 2017, albeit he's been injured for most of that. So what, what, what is the point? I don't think there's anyone out there who would take him. There probably is someone stupid enough like West Ham who would probably give you 12, 18 million for him or maybe Yeah. Bournemouth would just give us cash for old rope. I mean, if, if you're looking to sell, you might as well just go on there because Dickinson's real deal and get more less money than you would out of Bournemouth. But um, it's just not for me. And there's journals out there, there's other fan media out there who are like, oh, he's Adam Lallana, you know, he, he gives us all, he, he does his turns and he, it's great to see that he can offer something different. What he offers different is he offers us a hindrance. He's an anchor. He's He's, he's a dead weight. He's not giving us anything other than playing with a man less. So, yeah, he might give you interviews and yeah, he might stop in the tunnel and give you a little bit of a, a quote line. And what does that one to six or seven out of ten? No, because he gives a four out of ten whenever he's on the pitch. And the one moment he had, he got away with it. The linesman, the referee was spot on. That's flagged offside. And it's forgotten about its redundance. Taking it slightly back to Keita. If Keita's passed to Origi at the end, goes in. Everyone says that's genius by Keita. He cuts out the whole back line and Origi was in. And all the slagging that Keita got is forgotten about. If that Keita was, wins that the penalty was against Leicester. As well. <laughs> yeah. If Keita wins the penalty against Leicester, gets up and Salah slots it in, it's 2-1. Keita wins the penalty. And it's all forgotten about that. Keita might have had an average game. But... What does Adam Lallana give you? Nothing. And he's English, so he gets an okay pass. And it's easy to pick on the foreign lads, especially the new guys, because they're not going to come out in the media and have a voice. So if we can, if we can find somebody, anybody, there must be someone in Turkey who might give him some money and he can go out there and join Loris Carius in the sunshine and shoot Instagram videos and model by the pool for Puma, then I'll be it, do it, because 
if he's in the squad next season and we've seriously fucked up in the summer transfer window because he should be nowhere near our squad and the, the, he's holding back a place of youth players. I mean, Harry Wilson could come in and have a lot more of an impact than what Adam Lallana is. If if there was an option in the in the January window to say to Faf Frank, here you go, I've, I've this English lad called Lallana, you know, he's, he's done all right, he's got a few England caps, he, he's, he's been the saviour in a couple of England games and one year late games, but We'll have that little Welsh kid back and, you know, you can have him for, for six months. In fact, you can have him for free. We'll give you them in the summer for nothing. Um, bit like the Mark of deal. Just, just take him. Anyone, just take him and Wilson would have more of an impact. He'd have a shot. He'd take a player on. He would have a bit of pace about him, a bit of drive. Everything that you don't see with Adam Lallana. So he's got to go in. There's so much answer when he's just he, someone has to just take him. Like someone if someone can take Markovic, someone can take Adam Alana. So that's my ten pence or ten quids worth, whatever you want on him. <laughs> oh, I thought I was being harsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean it is it is, it is oh, I don't even I don't even think it's harsh if I'm true, but I mean it no, is weird. Probably not but, really. Yeah, I mean, English players do tend to get a lot of favourable treatment in, in the in the press, um, and certain and sections of the fan base do do respond to that. I mean, it is weird, it is weird, but I mean, there's not really anything I can add to the line. As I said at the start, just to add a bit of balance, I don't think he was the worst player on the pitch. I don't think he was particularly good though, and. Um, as Jay said, towards the start of that, uh, he's he's very much broken, and I agree with the sentiment that he shouldn't be at the club um, come next season. But needs must, I suppose. But um, yeah, hopefully we get people back from illness and injury, and we won't have to uh, worry about that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want to rely on him because, as I said, I don't think he, I I personally don't think he was that good. But try to add a bit of balance there. But maybe we'll do a Lalana pod in the summer. Nicely cross turn out of that one guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there was, there was a good segue in there, but I didn't jump on it. Um, you mentioned Cater and the treatment he's got. <laughs> and, um, we have to, we have to talk about their goal, obviously. And, um, I think it was Fabinho give the foul away after, I can't remember who it was, but they got through like three or four people. I think Fabinho give the ball away cheaply, if I remember correctly, and Fabinho just went, screw it, I'll just take him down. <laughs> but, the, Real sloppiness and the worry, which seemed to be a, a pattern throughout the game, it, 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 on set pieces especially. But on this on this goal, um, Simon, I'll start with you. We see um, pretty much, I think they, they spotted it on, on Monday Night Football afterwards or during half-time. Robbo talks to Kate to say, OK, um, Antonio's going to... There's obviously something going on here. Watch out for the double man. But Kate's obviously getting pinned in by Mark Noble. I mean... People jumped on the cater, blaming cater and stuff like that, and it, it, it's not always sound blaming players. But if Robbo's, Robbo's, Antonio is Robbo's man, and Antonio obviously scores, and if Cater's getting blocked in, I'm not, obviously Cater was poor on the goal. I'm not defending him of that, but we just mentioned that British players and stuff like that, and, 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 um, fan favourites. I mean, Robbo, everyone loves Robbo, rightfully so. Mm. He's fucking brilliant. He's been shit these last two games, but he's, he's fucking brilliant. But, it's stuff like this where agendas kind of come from, because Robbo doesn't really get a mention from quite a lot of people, whereas Kate is getting slaughtered. Yeah, I mean, if you just watch it, you're definitely going to blame uh, Kate off the bat because you're just 
watching it from a kind of outsider perspective like that but if you actually watch it properly you'll and know that that's his man it's completely on the it's the it's the man who's supposed to be watching and and Tonio that's his fault and Kada tried to um he tried to kind of respond and and he got I think he got felled but I don't think a lot of people would agree with that like I mean I think he definitely gets blocked and if he maybe if he had a went if he had have actually taken a fall he might have been given as a free but then people just would have been like oh he's too weak on the ball or whatever but I mean, as you said, Cato wasn't great, but I don't think it's really. I don't think it's like maybe a tiny part of it is his fault. Um, it was just looked like such a. It was just such a stupid goal. I mean, yeah, it just looks really so that. easy. It's so. It's just so easy for them. It's and it looks like after the match. Klopp mentions that he knew something about that was going to happen. You know, it's almost like we knew that's what they were going to do, and we still couldn't stop it from stop it from happening. Which is what makes it so frustrating. Like, it makes it frustrating that it's like you know that's what they're going to do, where they're going to pass the ball, and still we fucked it up. And it's just, uh, I was, I was really, I, I just thought it was a really, really poor goal. It was a very good, like I think, and. Titania did very well to put the ball right in the right in the corner against the post, and maybe would there be any argument that Allison might have done better, or was he just completely blinded by it? Tired. Um, I've seen a couple of people say that, but I, I thought, I'm not sure though. Yeah, yeah I a, thought I thought it was just a good finish, to be honest. Yeah, like but I'd have to watch it back on that move. But I don't think he was. I think. He was maybe expecting him to hit the ball at his near post, mm. and when the ball went at that angle, there's not really much you can do. I mean, not the, even if he had have went for it, I don't think he would have been anywhere near the ball. Um, but it's mm. just so frustrating, wasn't it? It was just such a shit call to concede. I thought, yeah, that, really that's poor. The word, that is definitely the word. It, it was fucking shit. It, I've never, I've never seen not from. Well, I know we've been horrendous defensive, but even, even when we were horrendous in the Skirtle days and, and stuff like that, I, I can't remember a goal that poor. Um, but Jay, I mean, it's such a shit goal, as Simon says. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, only when you do look at back and you can see that it was Robbo's man, and then Robbo passes his man on, but doesn't really seem to pick anybody else up. And then it was clearly worked on by West Ham that they were gonna they were gonna use that sh- that play and they used two blockers, I think it was, on Keita. So he's hardly the biggest guy in the world. You're not like you're stopping B V D and using two men, but it it was clever. You, you you can't deny it was clever. It was shit from our point of view, but it was clever. If mm. if we do that then everyone's going, Oh wow, look at look at what Liverpool is working on the training ground. It's it's inventive. We've 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 come up with something else. So take nothing away from West Ham and what they've done there. They we they completely worked on something. They deceived us and they got what they, they deserved. So the only thing I, I I could say on Allison really was he was caught off guard. Probably yes, but he didn't. I think he could have gone with it with his feet. Even like you see David the making a lot of saves with his feet, and maybe it's something that 
he's just naturally used to that. He gets with his feet and spreads his, his legs and gets a, a lot of saves in that way. But I thought if it's a long way down for a big lad like Allison to get down because the, the ball fizzed past him, but was he, was it possible for him to sort of spread his legs and attempt to stop the ball that way or was he just completely flat footed? I don't know. I've not really seen the goal much back. So whether he was caught flat footed like he was a goal previous in the season, um, baffles me again who, who it was, but he, he was caught flat footed and he, his body weight, he just couldn't shift it. You could see he, he, he went to go one way and his body weight was already on the way and it, the ball went to the other way and he just literally couldn't shift himself. But that, that's the only thing you could maybe have a knock at Allison for on that ball. Him himself, I think I, I, I've said this previous, that he looks a bit more apprehensive and a bit more nervous. The fact mm. of the front line in front of him is constantly changing. We've not had a settle back for now for seven and eight weeks, I think it is. Obviously, since the Gomez injury and then obviously with Trent being out and people coming in at right back and loving a massive rotating between time on the physios table. So, Even it, for it can't be, as well. Yeah, it can't, it can't be good for for him to, to not have the cohesion in front of him. And you get used to what you're playing with and I think it, that that is the reason why we're conceding goals that Van Dijk was obviously... Below par for Van Dijk, but we all know he, he's not well. He's he's not a full physical condition, and he can only do so much. He's not he's not a superhero. He he is in in one way, but he can only organise so much. He can only influence so many players. He can only tell so many players where to stand. So I think it it's a it's a big combination of a lot of things going wrong, and it's it's leading us to concede sloppy goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was actually going to bring on the Allison point because I just remembered that stat that was going around before the game that 2019 his save percentage and stuff like fell off a cliff compared compared to his um, first few months at the, at the club. But I mean, Simon is Allison's. I wouldn't say poor form, but not not back to human form. Um, is is that a worry? Or, I mean, would you put it down to him personally, or would you would you? Kind of mix it in with the factors that Jay mentioned that the the settled back line and the defence itself's not got it is now gone down a level or two. Yeah, it's definitely the back line. I don't think I'd really put any blame on Allison. I mean, he's made a couple of errors, but I mean, every goalie will and he will make more, and that's just what he'll do. But I think overall, I still think he's the best. He's the best in the league. He's definitely been the best this year. He's, I, you know, obviously. David De Gea is better than him overall, but at the moment, I wouldn't take anyone else over him. But, I mean, it must be really, really hard with that back four moving about. And um, I think, I don't remember, one of the other pods was talking about how Matip and Van Dijk just don't seem to work well as a pairing. And mm. I think that's a very good point. Like, I mean, I don't mind Matip. I think he's okay. I think he's, you know, I think he's pretty... I think he's better than Lovren, but I don't think he works as well with Van Dyke, which is a problem. Um, I just think for some reason they just seem to create a kind of a more of a nervousness throughout the back four. Um, probably doesn't help having Milner and Hendo right back as well because they're not, you know, that's not going to really help. So we do miss, we definitely miss 
Trent. Um, but yeah, I think the back two need to work better. So that's a serious issue because it means we need to be playing Van Dijk and Lovren once he's fit. I don't really like the sound of that either. So, um, yeah, we just seem to be nervous at the back, whereas we weren't in the, we weren't up, up until about Christmas time. We looked a lot more just like you felt like when you watched the match, when we went one nil up, that that would be a win. Now we're, I'm starting to feel a little bit of that old anxiousness from last year where we're making bad passes and giving away freeze and really stupid spots about times and just that little bit of anxiousness is starting to creep back in and it's definitely for me from the back four and I don't think Addison has necessarily dipped in form I just think he's been a little bit more exposed now than maybe he was before Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree. I mean, pa- Palace, he probably could have done better with one of them. Uh, but other than that, I'd, I'd agree. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of get into the second half, and the second half is terrible, <laughs> let's be honest. So I won't be talking about many events, but one of the players who we mentioned in, in West Ham's goal, in Naby Keita, wasn't great in the first half. I mean, it wasn't good in the first half, I don't think. But in the second half, again, don't want to be harsh, but especially when, when, when Lalana went off and we kind of went back to the 4 2 3 1, um, I thought Kata really grew into the game and probably one of his better performances in the Liverpool shirt, Jay. That's because we had 11 men on the field. Oh, God. <laughs> don't know Shakiri was, Shakiri was shit as well, to be honest. <laughs> but he. He can control the ball, he can pass the ball, and he can stay on his own two feet. His, his legs are big enough to hold him up. Don't know how he's, he's, he can't fall over really with the size of his legs. Well, it's Gromit's wrong trousers, the bloody size of them. Um, yeah, when we went to a midfield two, and he was working on the double pivot with Fabinho, we, it was much more simple. He knew Shakiri was going to float out wide and move around, he knew nobody was in his way, where Lalana was just there in his way and taking up spaces that he wanted to run into. And it was a lot more of a positive performance from Keaton. And it's, it's clear he's a confidence player that he needs to, he needs a goal more than anything. He really needs a goal, but yeah, he, he got, he got on the ball. He, he took players out the game. He, the way he shifts through the gears and he can fly past two or three players and, it looks effortless and he carries the ball 15 yards up the field and then all of a sudden you broke the line of the midfield bank and only for the lack of, uh, I don't want to say, not ability, but the, the lack of touch probably from Firmino on a couple of occasions and the fact that Mane and Salah were coming really narrow, that they were congesting the middle of the field where Keita was running on, that I think we actually probably would have nicked something had we had a bit more width in the team that they were they were mm. coming in, they were congesting it, so you've obviously got them three in front of him. Shikiri was knocking around in areas and then the back four of West Ham were five. So you you've got ten players with between him and the goal. So we it was congestion and we could see a couple of times he, he broke the lines and he was he was playing balls about and his confidence was getting up and if anything, I think he, he's gotta play Saturday. Because if he gets to run in the team He's only going to get more confidence. He's only going to feel more settled. 
if he was to get dragged out the team and pop back on the bench for Saturday and come on for 20 minutes, then you're denting the lad's confidence. And he, he is showing signs. It's going to be next season that we are going to see the best of him. But th- there's a big role to play for him this season if he can just get a little run of form together, maybe nick a goal, even if it's a scrappy tapping. It'll do him the world of good. And the relief will, will be shown on, it'll come off his shoulders. It, he's got the monkey off his back in terms of he was a goal scorer in midfield when he come from Leipzig. And he just needs that little break to go for him because he, he's, he's certainly getting a rough ride in the media. And um, journalists and fan media are certainly giving him a, a right bastion, but. Yeah, did you, did you hear that, um, did you see that uh, report? I think it was the Times. It said, catering for being your Liverpool's two biggest worries. Yeah, I mean, if they're our biggest worries, then bloody hell, they're certainly not looking at us properly, are they? Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot more worrying things going on in our team than them two. I mean, Fabinho was quietly gone about his work and he, he took a passion when he first went to the team and he was settling in and, he only really had one bad game, which was Arsenal away, that he looked lost. But the difference when he is in the team to when he is in the team is starting to become really evident. So it just shows that like, players need time to settle and a run of games. And Fabinho got that. Keita hasn't, but if Keita does get that, then the chances are he will become an integral player. Then, you know, Michael Edwards and Klopp have got another one right there. Mm. A lot of people have wrote him off. He's only been here seven months. Give the Paul out a chance. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with everything you said. I mean, Simon, uh, your thoughts on Kater and, I mean, I was going to bring it up if, if Jay didn't, but I mean, do you think he, he did enough? Obviously, we'll maybe have Ginny and Henderson back, but did he do enough to keep his spot for Bournemouth? Uh, I, I, I think he did. I mean, as Jay me- mentioned, he's the type of person I think he just needs to get a run, and I think, Bringing him in, and uh, he'll be he'll continue to have this type of form where he's good for a bit, and he's a bit bad. He takes a little while to get into it. I thought he was pretty much the same as last week against Leicester, where he he wasn't great for the first for the first half, and then he really came into the match. And unfortunately, last week he got taken off, and at least on Monday he he had the full match, and I think he. He was close to getting a, to making that goal at the end as well. It was an amazing ball. Unbelievable. And I just, I mean, I think the problem people maybe have with him is he likes to make, er, he kind of makes a, like a pass that's a little bit more a, kind of, um, a risky pass. Mm. So he'll, he tries things. And I don't think when we look at someone like Hendo or Wijnaldum, Milner, they don't make those types of balls that often, so they don't lose the ball, which I think is is a bad thing because they're constantly passing the ball back or to not the best person. Whereas when, especially people in our front three who like to make a lot of runs off the ball, and then people um who might make a run from midfield up, we need to be we need to take the risk. And it mightn't work every time, but I like people who try to find those really kind of hard balls that, that will, that will break down a low block type 
team. I mean, it's not it's the exact type of player that we need. And I don't think he's the person, but I think he's the person who can kind of help out a little bit in that. And maybe if he has a bit more of a of an advanced role, he might actually be that person. We don't know yet. And then also, I, 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 I just think that lots of our fans have built him up over the last year that he's, that he'll like instantly be like this absolutely amazing midfielder, but he's just taken a little bit of time. He had a, he was unlucky with that back, that back injury that he had that mm. did really affect him. I, cause I, I thought the first few matches he looked absolutely amazing and then he yeah, got yeah. that injury and then he kind of never really came back from it and now he's starting to find a little bit of that form so I mean I just think everyone needs to just I, I, I think people being like oh he's really bad like he's like well, why is he here he shouldn't be playing ship job just fuck off I just think it's bollocks I really do <laughs> and it really pisses me off because it's just like that's not what you know just wait a little bit and have a little bit of patience with him and yeah, and he he wasn't even that bad, you know. I thought he was one of our better. He was definitely our best midfielder on Monday. Anyway. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought, I mean, Fabinho, I think he just had a, probably a 6 out of 10, didn't do anything wrong, maybe fouled a bit too much, but, I mean, people were being shit, so you have to foul people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, he didn't... He didn't do too much passing wise, but I'd, I'd agree, Kate. I mean, especially in the second half, as we mentioned, when the midfield shifted, I thought both of them kind of grew into the game. Obviously, West Ham were pretty much defending for their lives at that point, but uh, and playing on the counter attack. Um, defending for the lives seems like <laughs> makes me seem like we were actually playing well, but we weren't. We were playing <laughs> shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Kate, he's he's kind of that next. What I'm obviously. Every new midfielder who comes into the club seems to cause a debate. I think Henderson has his own arguments. Chan had his. Fabinho, I think most people would agree, Fabinho is one of first names on the team sheet at the minute. Um, but Kate seems to be the next one in line to, to go through the um, old 50-50 split on Twitter and cause massive arguments. But yeah, I, I'd agree with what you both said there. Um, there's definitely signs that... He's growing to the player that we need, and I agree with what you said there, Jay. That will probably be the best of him next season. Um, but little signs there. Um, you could see that he can still play a big part this season, possibly will need him. Um, but um, we'll move on from Kater, because we think we're running out of time. We mentioned Firmino on the front three taking turns being shit, but I'll, I'll change it. And Jay, I mean, Salah... Had a weird game on against West Ham. I thought. I mean, he tried quite a lot, but obviously he was getting man marked and a lot of people round him, and we just never seemed to get the ball to him at all. And he and when we did, I thought he gave up on passing to the teammates because they weren't really po- performing. I mean, Firmino especially, as, as we see, is that link man. But it, it, we just didn't seem to get Salah in the game at all. No, we never. And I think we. We're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place with Sal at the moment because when he's a, when he's through the middle, he's either really effective or really ineffective. Mm. And when he, obviously when he is effective, then he causes nightmares for centre halves and he'll have one of them games when he just, he's moving across the front line and he, he's, he's a nightmare to pick up. But 
I think it's evident within the game, within the first 15, 20 minutes, if, if the centre-halves are on the game and they can pick him up and they rough him up a little bit, because he gets roughed up in every game, but some centre-halves will give him a little bit more. And if they're, if they're English, the referees seem to let them away with a little bit more in Harry Maguire, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's then up to Klopp to change it, really. Or it's up to the lads on the field to say, tell you what, give me, give me five minutes out here, give me five minutes in there and I'll, I'll have a go. AKA Firmino or Mane to, to switch around. And you, you do see it within games sometimes. They do switch wings or Firmino will come out wide and Salah will go into the middle. But I think we see the most effective Salah when he, he drops off and he comes from the right hand side and he, he isolates a full back. And when he squares a full back up one on one or he gets at a centre half one on one, then that's when he comes alive. We've seen it a couple of times in the second half. He stood players up and a little jink and he's back. He's passed them and he had a couple of attempts on goal. One of them I think he could have done a bit more with. He sort of rushed his shot and it went straight to Fabianski and then a few minutes later he, he done something similar and put one over the bar. But when he, when he's in that 18 yard box, he, he comes alive and defenders know that they're, they're scared to touch him because the fear of A, will they give away a penalty? genuinely or be the whole stigma of if I touch him he's going down and will he give a penalty away because of the whole media hurrah around diving and mm. so on so I think we're, we're more dangerous if, he, if he's not working down the middle in the first 20-25 minutes he's got to be shifted out wide and he's got to get one on one and isolate a full back and then naturally a centre-half will drag themselves out there and then that leaves more space in the middle for the other two. I think I think it's just a, a little bit of a... whether it's stubbornness or tactical ignorance by Klopp, maybe, that he, he he's persistent with pushing Salah down the middle and that maybe that isn't the reason why Firmino, uh, Firmino is a bit out of joint because he's taking his role down the middle. I, I don't know, but for me, he, he's more effective from the wide position. We need to get him back out there to isolate defenders. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, Simon, what, what's your take on the Salah positional situation? Because I, I think he's better on the right myself, but I can I can see the benefits of playing him up front, but in these, these low block games, I, I don't see the point myself. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. There's not, I mean, there's not really much you can say to argue with that, um, he yeah, I like him better out wide as well. But there are certain matches where he's worked really well through the middle. But in that type of a match, we need that width. We need people st- stretching the play. We need people pulling their 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 back four and their defensive midfielders out a little bit. And we didn't really have much of that um, on Monday. And yeah, but overall, I mean. He's definitely our best. He's definitely the best player we have, and he's the type of person who can just pop up with a goal or a moment at any time, even if he's playing badly. If you know what I mean. So he's. I would. I mean, I know we're not talking about him being benched, but even when he's playing through the middle, he can still just. It takes him just one moment to win a match first. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure why he's been. Moved about, but um, we'll see how it pans out. But he's still our top scorer, and he's probably the best player in the league at the moment. So, 
long may he hold that mantle. Yeah, absolutely. I'd fully agree with that. Um, we're near enough running out of time, and we kind of mentioned him a bit earlier, but, I mean, Robertson, two bad games in a row. I think it came out after the game that he's been ill. You've both mentioned the lack of width there. Um, and I'll expand this question, and Jay, I'll start with you. Obviously, we've got all these players who are ill. Some of them are irreplaceable, i.e. Van Dyke and, and stuff like that, but... I mean, if if players are ill and the squad players aren't even getting a look in, is there no surprise that players, I'm going to say Sturridge, Moreno, probably a couple others, is there no surprise that squad players don't want to stick around at the club if they can't get a look in over ill players? And I, I know people say, well, the backups are shit and stuff like that, but, I mean, Robertson's played badly twice, and if he's been ill, I mean, as much as people hate Moreno, he can't have been that bad. No, you you got a you got a very far point there, but Moreno's gone. I think he, yeah, he will he's, be, he's, yeah. He's, he's disappeared somewhere. I mean, he, was he on the bench on Monday? I can't remember. Yes, I think so. But I he 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 doesn't seem to be within any sort of conversation that I, I would think about him starting. I mean that 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 sort of maybe shows the the situation that the poor lads in that. He's not even within the conversation of getting the stars, and I don't think he will get a game between now and in the season unless something really does happen to Robertson. But yeah, the the point that if if players are sick, then that's that's why you have a squad, and the idea obviously is that you you rotate them round. I'm sure like the under pressure guys have probably got stats on the amount of minutes that people have played and the amount of minutes that people haven't played and they've got available to them, but. Maybe it's because we're playing one game a week that Klopp thinks we can just get by and play them and give them a few days to recover. I don't know, but would it be different if we've got Champions League back and we're playing, mm. we're playing two, three games a week? I don't, I, I don't know. But it, it is a bit of a, a glaring sign to a player if, if the lad in your position is not a hundred percent and you are a hundred percent and you're not picked, then. It's blatantly obvious, really, that you know you you're not really at the forefront of the manager's plan. So you, you can't blame them for for wanting to move on, really. And we are going to lose. We're going to lose Sturridge and Moreno definitely, really, in the summer. So there's two players within the squad that we've got to replace. And you 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 don't really think you're going to get a free replacement because there is no such thing as a free player at the moment because you'd have to have them on a massive signing on fee and big wages. So. If anything, it's that mismanagement from the club that we've let the contracts run down. We've done a bit of an Arsenal, but not too bad compared to them where we've let them run the contracts out and we're going to lose them for nothing and then we're going to have to put our hand in our pockets and replace these lads. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. I thought I'd just ask it because it is weird that we've obviously the whatever we did in the winter break thing where everyone got food poisoning. I think we mentioned Camacho earlier. If, if Milner's ill and it's not in his natural position, it does beg the question again for him. Um, ju- last question before we finish up. Um, Simon, I'll start with you on this. Uh, be quick with it. Um, obviously, the title picture has changed dr- drastically over the last two games. Obviously, firstly, Man City lost to Newcastle, then they, they smashed Arsenal. Um, at the weekend, whereas we've drew two games in a row, and obviously they they can go top tonight 
well, they are going to go top tonight because, let's be honest, Everton is terrible. Um, mm. I mean, it has has the dynamic completely changed? I know it's February and I know it's still very early, but it going second, even if it is just for for a couple of weeks or whatever, it it just makes you feel a bit shit, doesn't it? It does, but I mean, I'm I'm probably one of the people who are airing more, and I'm not really too worried. I still think we're in a much better spot than I thought we would be at the start of this season. I mean, I expected us to do well this year and to be up there at the top, but I didn't think we'd be three points ahead coming into February. And I know there's this whole thing that we might have been more, we might have been like. 10 points ahead or 5 points ahead or whatever but we played pretty badly in a few matches and won earlier on and we played probably our two worst matches have been the last two and and we didn't get beaten in them both whereas City have played have had some pretty patchy form and they've got beaten and they've been beaten by teams like they're beaten by Leicester Newcastle and someone who else beat them who wasn't top six? Leicester? Leicester, Newcastle and Palace maybe? Anyway. Yeah, Palace, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's kind of, I just think it's the way that, I think it's the way it's happened that it's making us re- kind of be so annoyed by it that we draft points back to back and they Lost one and won one. If we had of won our last two and drawn two matches back in, you know, November or something, we probably wouldn't be that mad about. You know what I mean? I think it's just the mm-hmm. fact that they've come so near. I I still think we're in a pretty we're in a better spot than they are. I mean, we have more points than they have. I know that they might have the mental advantage of being back at the top, but. I mean, we were a fair few points behind about two or three months back and we ma- managed to completely re- we managed to completely reverse that and be a lot more points ahead. So there's a long way still left. I just think we, we, I think we have to win though against Bournemouth in a, in a way that we just need to bounce back faster. I, I don't really care if we, if we win that match one nil or five, Four or something. I think I think that win is really important. Um, otherwise, we're going to start hearing all about bottling and all this kind of nonsense. Then, but I don't know. I'm not too worried. I was I was pretty annoyed on Monday after that after I found out the result of that match. But I've kind of kind of come to terms with it. And I think I still think we're we're having an incredible year and I think no matter what I think this title race will probably be won't be finished until the last day which is going to be interesting but mm. this is what I think yeah yeah it did certainly interesting I mean Jay your quick thoughts on the title picture first of all no a 5-4 on Saturday please Simon I don't think we have to take <laughs> it um, I'll quite, quite happily settle for the 2-0 but I think we need to go out and make a statement this weekend and I think Bournemouth for an ideal side to do that. I mean, look at the last two games. They, they smashed Chelsea and then they got hammered themselves. So they're an open team. They're there for the taking. And if we can 
get a couple of our front players just clicking, then they're there for the taking. Um, we need to bounce back because clearly tonight, Everton are going to roll over like a soft dog, get the belly to the court, lose four, five, six nil. It's going to be like a tennis score, really. Let's be honest. Uh, Andy want that, which is an, it's an embarrassment that you should you should want your team to lose for the spite of your neighbours and listening to some people on the radio this morning and coming back from work and they're saying, I'm giving me ticket up because I don't want to go because I don't want City, I don't want to see City beat us, but I want them to win. And that, it, that's why you call a small club. I'm mm. sorry, but you're, you're an embarrassment. If, you, if you're going to the game or you, you're, you want your team to lose at the detriment of your neighbours, there's 14 games left. Focus on your own thing and win your own game and then let Liverpool fuck it up if they're gonna fuck it up themselves. Don't don't be don't have that mentality. But anyway, yeah, back to the title base. Uh it's a long way to go. We can only look after our own business if if we go into some well, we're going into Saturday in second place, let's not beat around the bush. We go and we do our own thing. Um and then we put the pressure back on Man City, who play on Sunday, uh, against Chelsea and there's there's a potential for whatever side Chelsea put out and whatever team turn up from them, that there could be a potential for the result there for Chelsea. Um, but we look after our own business. If, if it boils down to the, to the absolute bottom, we're three points ahead of them as it stands. So we're, we're, we're still the balls in our courts. We look after our own business and yeah, we just, we just got to keep ourselves to ourselves, put our head down, get our own results out the way and, if anything else happens, it's a bonus, but we're in the driving seat. So just focus on ourselves now. That's all we've got to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfectly put. Um, but we'll finish up there. And well, before we finish, obviously there's been footage of the West, the, the, the West, uh, the London Stadium, the racist, um, shouts and stuff being placed at more Salah. I thought I'd bring that up. And, um, yeah, hopefully that's dealt with because, I mean, racism in football and society should not be a thing. I uh, thought I'd just mention that because it deserved mentioning, but uh, we'll finish up there, and uh, cheers for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Let's get ready to rumble! Y'all ready for this? Podcast Network.